Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball, pulled it. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Welcome back, everybody, to a more conventional show, a more conventional edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. What's up? I hope you had a great three-day weekend. I hope you enjoyed the mailbag yesterday. And I, didn't, I don't think I said this on the Monday show, the show that aired on Monday. Uh, thank you to all of our veterans out there. It was Memorial Day, and I should have taken the time to have done that, and I did not. So belated thank you, and always a thank you for all, uh, all of your service and your dedication. I'm Adam Azer with Scott White and Chris Towers. We don't have a ton of time today, so I'm just going to assume you guys had great weekends and everything Naturally. was beautiful. Yeah, right? Great it weekends. Fine. It was great. <laughs> okay, good. I had a very nice weekend. I feel refreshed. I'm ready to rock and roll. So we're going to not just look at Monday's action. But we're also going to look at the weekend with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh. Yeah. Four days of baseball. Some of the players Strap we talk in. about. Mike fulton getting that velocity back. Brandon Woodruff's been great. Jake Odorizzi, another great start. Meanwhile, Carlos Carrasco, Yu Darvish, Trevor Bauer, Chris Archer, they struggled. And they didn't struggle as much as Yusei Kikuchi and Caleb Smith and Domingo Orman. So we'll talk about all them. It's also Team Name Tuesday. Get excited for that. But, guys, let's start with the most added list. I think that's a pretty good way to kind of catch up on the last four days. The most added list, and Nick Pavetta is somewhere on this list. We'll talk about him and Andrew Heaney. But it's Kevin Biggio, one, Lance Lynn, two, Ryan Yarbrough, Kevin Crone, and Scott Oberg. And I think we support all of them. Now, Biggio's only had one good game so far. But, you know, should be owned, right? 58% owned for Biggio? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Given the variety of things he can do and the position he plays, second base, somebody in your league could use him. Definitely the most interesting player among those listed here. I think. Whoa. What about Lance Lynn? What about Lance Lynn? Another Kevin Biggio one. is definitely the most interesting player among those listed. Scott, <laughs> you always defend Lance Lynn. I always defend Lance I mean, Lance Lynn, I liked as a two-start sleeper this week. So from that context, it makes sense that he was at it. And so far, one for one in delivering uh, promising results. Quality start with double-digit strikeouts. Uh, but I don't really see what's making him different from the past two years. Uh, he has, you know, four, five of his past six starts have been awesome. I, I legitimately awesome. Four of them eight strikeouts or more. Four of them seven innings. But I don't really trust it to continue. No. Okay. If I shouldn't have said Scott always defends Lance Lynn. I should have said if anyone ever defends Lance Lynn, it's Scott. But it still <laughs> doesn't happen that often. Scott's in the tank for Lance Lynn. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so let me look. Uh, you, if you're watching the video. Uh, which I think the best way to do is go to our YouTube channel. Just look for CBS Sports on YouTube, and you'll see our video show. It's a full-length thing. Also, you can see some VODs on the website, cbssports.com slash fantasy. I'm just going to pick some pictures out because Ryan Yarbrough is 38% owned. He's currently only RP eligible. I bel- uh, double-check on that. Yep. Well, I don't know, actually, because in this league, it's only pitchers. No RP and SP. But I think he's RP eligible only. But anyway, Yarbrough... Nick Pavetta, Andrew Heaney. Heaney's by far the most owned. Chris, if you were going to rank those three, Yarbrough, Pavetta, Pavetta starting today, and Heaney, how would you rank them? And you know what? I'm going to make you rank four now. I'm going to throw Michael Pineda on that list. He's on the most added list too. Heaney, Pavetta, Yarbrough, Pineda. And I think there's a gap between two and three and then a gap between three and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how I'd rank them also. Heaney, Pavetta, Yarbrough, Pineda. How excited are you about Nick Pavetta's start today? <laughs> um, um, moderately. As excited as anyone could be about a Nick Pavetta start. Who are It's more like um, what's her name from Saved by the Bell. You know, more like an I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared, I'm so scared <laughs> kind of situation. 
All right, I'll get to. I feel you... like that's any time Nick Pavetta's on the mound. That's the only proper reaction to what's going to. I, I imagine there are people out there who are more excited than you are. Agreed. So yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're as excited as anybody could be. Uh, as so, anybody so should be. Let me give you some names. Let me give you some names and tell me if you would drop these guys for Nick Pavetta, Kyle Freeland. Yes. Sure. Spencer Turnbull. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Chris Archer. No. Yeah. Oh, why not? <laughs> You're more excited than I am, apparently. Well, yeah. it's just for me, it's more like, <laughs> what are you losing in Chris Archer? Uh, we'll see. Like a lot of strikeouts, but that's pretty much it. He hasn't been commanding his fastball, but mostly everything else seems to be there. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm discouraged with him, too, but you don't really know what you're getting from Nick Pavetta. It's, you're probably getting not something terribly useful with Nick Pavetta, but there's a chance, just like there is with Chris Archer, that things go better than expected. Remember what I said about Scott and Lance Lynn? I think I meant Scott and Chris Archer. That's That was the mistake I made. <laughs> Uh, but you know what, Scott? I picked up Chris Archer in a league. Oh, boo. Uh, yeah. You don't have the courage of your convictions. You're a coward. No, look, I mean, I'm in 10th place. So I obviously need some help. I need some pitching. I just, it's been bad. So who did I drop? I dropped Alex Verdugo for Chris Archer. It's one of those leagues where Chris Archer was by far the most accomplished pitch pitcher on waivers. It's just an overall statement about pitchers. You know, Archer, I have low expectations now. I, I, I think he's waiver wire. I think it's okay if you put him on the waiver wire. I think there's a crappy team in your league that needs Chris Archer. In that particular league, I'm the crappy team, and I accept Chris Archer. Yeah, it's he's 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 kind of you know like a lottery ticket play at this point. It, I understand anyone dropping him, uh, but just like with Pavetta, when we learned he was being called up, shoot, there were leagues where I was in enough need of pitching that even. After he got sent down and somebody dropped him, I was picking up Pavetta. You just you know there's upside there, mm-hmm. and while you can't start him yet until he turns things around, um, you know that's it, there's more upside there than just you know Joe Pitcher off the waiver wire. Okay, so Heaney is certainly someone that if he's available, you should take a look. He had a great start in his season debut. Last year, it was a home start for Heaney. Last year, he was great at home and pretty much not worth using on the road. We'll see if that continues. Uh, One more name I want to throw out here because I have a section later about hitters who are more or less available in in almost every league except the really deep ones. Uh, One guy I didn't put on that list, though, is Lourdes Gurriel. So when the Blue Jays called up Biggio, they also called up Lourdes Gurriel who is eligible at second base and shortstop, and he's been really good. Um, So he is 30% owned. Scott, he has three home runs in his last four games, in four games since being called up. Any interest in Lourdes Gurriel? I don't think most standard mixed leaguers have much use for him. There's there's a limit to his ceiling because he doesn't walk much, and I think the power upside is only so high. you know, I could see him being like a poor man's Eduardo Escobar, but I'm in, you know, there, there's there's some leagues of mine where he's been, Escobar himself has been on and off the waiver wire. So, you know, those deeper rotisserie leagues, uh, you know, maybe a 12-teamer that if you really need help in the middle infield spot, but certainly like a 15-teamer, I could see adding him. Beyond that, I'm not that interested. And the Crone family would be very happy this week. There are two Crones in the top 10 on the most added list. Kevin is fourth. He's 31% owned. CJ is ninth. He is still 79% owned. Still a chance to pick up CJ Crone, people. Look at CJ making us eat Crone. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Much better than your bold predictions. Let's go back in time. Let's do the rewind, rewinds to Monday's mailbag, which we recorded on Friday. We got an email that's... Rewind sound. Was it good or bad? It was it sounded like a cat being attacked. <laughs> Maybe it was my cat. Maybe. No, he's good. Um, he's all right, so oh, lost my train of thought. Now I'm thinking about cats. Okay, uh, we had an email that said, give me two bold predictions that will happen over the weekend. And the show aired on Monday, so we were giving predictions about things that we were obviously clearly right or wrong about when people heard them. So Heath actually did pretty well. I did not. 
and Chris did worse. Uh, oh, so come on. You did worse. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, Heath said two things. He said, I dropped Joey Votto, so here's my bold prediction. Joey Votto has seven hits, including three home runs over the weekend. He did not have seven hits. He had a lot of hits. Uh, he yeah. did not have three home runs, but he did have a lot of hits, yes. Um, he's batting well over 400. He's probably batting about 500 in his last six games now. But it's mostly singles, a couple of doubles in there. But of these bold predictions, Joey Votto is the one guy that's like really relevant to talk about right now. Uh, are you guys in current? Let me get the exact stats up of what he's been doing lately. I think his last six games. He only played one of the two games of the doubleheader yesterday. I mean, I love that the batting average has been great, but still very little power. So, you know, what do you make of that with Votto? I think you take what you can at this point from him. You know, okay, maybe he's not hitting for power right now, but getting, you know, a good amount of hits over the course of the weekend and starting to make more contact, I think you take that. You've got to be happy that you're seeing some signs of progress from a guy who really hasn't showed very much. The walk rate... Uh, starting to get back to the levels that we always assume it will be. So for me, it's more he's been so strikeout prone this season and it's been really out of character. So seeing him move away from that is a sign to me that he's starting to figure things out. All right. Scott, so yeah, it's three straight games without a strikeout. That's good. Yeah, I see it as like a battle between two superpowers. You have Joey Votto, legendary Hall of Fame caliber hitter, maybe the most cerebral hitter of our time versus father time and who's going to win right now. Father time has the advantage, but Joey Votto might still have some life in him. It's another, it's another situation. I think a clearer situation than Chris Archer because Archer, uh, you know, he's never been good in four years. Oh, Chris, really? Are you abandoning the Chris Archer was actually good in, uh, you know, 2017, 2016. He, ha- he hasn't take. been good at run prevention in four years. That was the one thing he wasn't good at, yes. That's pretty okay. important. So getting back to my Joey Votto take. Um, yeah, I, I need another month of Joey Votto, probably. I mean, given his track record and given his tendency to have prolonged slumps and then catch fire, uh, I, I'm giving him another month before I, I'm to the point of dropping him. All right, Heath's other prediction uh, was that Kansas City sweeps the Yankees and Domingo Armand gives up six runs. So the Yankees won two out of three, nearly all three, but Domingo Armand did, did give up seven runs on Sunday. Well, he didn't get either part of this right. No, he <laughs> but he did the best. My stupid predictions were, well, one of them was, was okay. Tyler Malley is the most added player after seven innings, two runs, and seven strikeouts against the Cubs. Not even close. I'm going to blame the wind, though. Windy day. Wind was blowing out. He gave up three home runs. Uh, and my other prediction was David Dahl hits three home runs over the weekend against the Orioles. Heath said, quote, is that even bold? And then he bullied me into making it four home runs for David Dahl over the weekend. He actually did not hit any home runs on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but Dahl had a good weekend, and then he homered yesterday. Charlie Blackman's on the IL. Dahl should get more regular playing time, I would think. And he is right now on a nice little run, and that is good to see. Chris's bold predictions, the Marlins win their ninth in a row, and Dave Martinez loses his job. So Chris actually said that on a Friday, even though you heard it on a Monday. And later that day, I believe, the the, uh, Nationals were like, we're sticking with Dave Martinez. And the I mean, everyone knows the, the vote of confidence is, is, is a kiss of death. It's true. Everyone knows that. It, it can be true. Uh, and his other prediction was that Vladimir Guerrero would have two two homer games and hit four home runs over the weekend. It didn't work. He had three hits. That's the same thing. Oh. Good job. So, you know, that's In four three days. quarters of the way to one home run. Yeah, not bad. Pretty good. All right, yeah, Tyler Malley, I do think the win was an issue, but I also think the Cubs are just brutal. Uh, That's a tough matchup. Unfortunately, I I looked at his upcoming schedule, and it looks like he's got a lot of tough matchups, which is life in the uh, NL Central, I guess. All right, let's take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we got news and notes. We got some emails. We got those hitters I talked about that are 15 16% owned uh, that are doing pretty well right now, and more from the weekend and from Monday. We'll be right back. 
Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Your news and notes, Michael Givens has been removed from the closer's role for Baltimore. Sean Armstrong got a save uh, yesterday, I believe. Monday, yeah. He has a five fifty two ERA. I am not going to yeah. pick up. I am not going to pick up Sean Armstrong. No. <laughs> okay. The the Orioles bullpen, it, like Michael Givens, is their only hope of any fantasy value there. Um, you know, Oof. if they're going committee route with a bunch of bad pitchers, there's not enough save chances there to sustain more than one, and there's nobody who deserves to be the one. How do you not even stumble into one good reliever? Like, I don't care if you're not trying to win games. Like relievers are so easy to find. You can get one guy. Yeah, you think right? so. Tell that to the Nationals. Oh, well, they do have one guy. Uh, <laughs> Chris Bryant and Jason Hayward sat yesterday after colliding on Sunday. I I don't know what the deal is there with Bryant, but um, we hope he can uh, obviously get back soon. Luke Weaver, forearm strain. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily Tommy John or anything like that, which you know it used to be. You hear forearm strain. It was Tommy John. We're gonna see what happens with Luke Weaver. They're gonna do some tests, and we'll get more information. Uh, I imagine Charlie Blackman should have a fairly short stay on the IL. Colorado called up Jonathan Daza. D. Gordon has a deep bone bruise in his wrist. Uh, just his teammate Malik Smith though is only 42% owned. You don't have to own Malik Smith in points leagues. You should own him in any league that counts steals. He's look, he, yeah. he'd been bad all year, basically, and he was bad going into yesterday. He was on my bench in a daily league. I don't regret it, but he did steal four bases yesterday. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, and a, there was some, there seemed to be some excitement, I guess, that the wrist wasn't broken, that it was only a deep bone bruise, but a deep bone bruise sounds like a pretty big deal in its own right. Like, I'm not expecting a quick return for D Gordon. Right. That's Gordon. So yeah, you can stash him if you want, but you don't have to stash Gordon in a points league, but Malik Smith in a Roto league categories league, you want to get him. Okay. We have uh, three pitchers to talk about. We talked about Nick Pavetta, Genesis Cabrera. Yes. Great name. He's going to start tomorrow (laughs) for the Cardinals. I believe against the Phillies. Pavetta is starting against the Cardinals today. Uh, Any interest in Genesis Cabrera? I think he might get one start before we close the book on Genesis. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with a musical reference there. You went religious. That's cool, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. You, you got to go. It's the oldest story ever told. You got to go with it. It's a classic. He has, uh, he has an ERA over six yeah. in AAA this year. And that, like, that's good. the PCL, partially, Still. at least. Yeah. <laughs> like, that might be an average ERA. I kind of liked it. He was part of the Tommy Pham deal, but yeah, not, 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 not looking good for him this year. Uh, but Alex Reyes is maybe somebody that we should be picking up, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's only made like one start of more than four innings so far, I think. But yeah, we should probably be expecting him to be called up in the next couple of weeks if he continues to advance well as a as he gets stretched out. I think you could probably get rid of Mitch Keller. I'm not sure if they're sending him down, but he was called up for the first for the doubleheader yesterday. Pirates starting pitcher Mitch Keller. Look, actually, four innings, six runs is bad, but he gave up all six runs in the first inning in his major league debut. We've seen that kind of stuff before. Uh, and then he settled in and, and threw three scoreless innings. He struck out seven batters at Cincinnati. But yeah, I don't think I don't know that he's making another start. I don't see a need to own him right now. Yeah. Uh, I would be I would be surprised. They didn't really want to call him up, but they had no other choices. It looks like CeCe Sabathia could start on Sunday. James Paxton could start tomorrow for the Yankees. Really interested to see what Paxton does because he's going to be pitching through knee pain, it seems. He can't get it 100% right. Dustin Pedroia is not sure he's going to play again. That was obviously a disappointing press conference. Yuli Gurriel, one appearance away from second base eligibility. And Jose Altuve is knocking on the door, so it's going to have to happen soon for Gurriel. Aaron Sanchez left with a torn fingernail. This guy cannot catch a break with his fingernails, his blisters. Aaron Sanchez. Uh, the White Sox and Royals 
suspended yesterday. They will resume today in the fifth inning. Tim Anderson's been out a few days. He's dealing with a sore wrist. Austin Barnes is on the IL for the Dodgers, and they called up Will Smith, Scott. Uh, does this matter, Will Smith? Well, there's two Will Smiths in the majors now. But beyond that, he's a catcher who can hit. I mean, he had a batting average over 290, OVP over 400, has always been a power hitter in the minors. Uh, strikeouts have held him back in the past, but it's been pretty good rate this year. He didn't start yesterday, Russell Martin did, and so it makes me wonder, is he going to get enough playing time to matter in fantasy? But to catch your leagues, I'd probably go ahead and take a flyer on him, because why not? Okay, uh, it could be a short stint, though, for Austin Barnes, so just keep that in mind, but Will Smith has some potential for sure. Mitch Garver could be back this weekend. Jose Ramirez got a day off yesterday, and I had one of my better days in fantasy, so I don't think that's a big surprise. Pedro Strope, I picked him up. He's going to begin a rehab assignment today, and Strope might need only one appearance before he's called back to the bigs. What I think would be ideal is you pick up Pedro Strope now, you keep him on your IL, and we get some sort of indication this week about whether or not he's actually the closer. Uh, and then you can you know, ride with him. But I don't think you want to activate him if he's not getting saves. Pedro Strope. And I don't get it, Yankees fans. I'm one of you, but I wouldn't have been in this group. <laughs> Why did you boo Manny Machado yesterday? Like, Manny Machado was interested Adam. in being a Yankee. Hold on, Chris. The Yankees Adam. didn't want Manny Machado, and you booed him, like, a lot. What the heck? What was that all about? That was dumb. It's because the passion of the New York fan base. Oh. They're the greatest fans in the world. There's just something in the water about when you live in New York that just makes you so much more passionate than everyone else. And that passion comes with downsides, like it, like holding it against every player in the world who doesn't end up on your team. <laughs> okay, I guess I get that. The water is great up here. I thought the Cardinals were the oh, greatest the fan base so in the world. The bagels are no, great. No, no, no. It's, it's the New York Knicks. I had, oh, they are. That's true. Knicks, yeah. I had a bagel yesterday, Chris. I don't eat bagels very often anymore, unfortunately, but it was New York bagel was delicious. All right, let me read some emails here that are fantasy relevant. Let's go through these quickly, guys. Dave from Ontario. Is Buster Posey's catcher ranking based solely on him playing more often than others? He's done nothing this year, zero power, and diminishing plate discipline. Uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah, doesn't take much. Plus, obviously, uh, you know, the history and the fact that his bad at ball pro profile is similar to what it was in those good years. So, you know, worst case scenario, he's a guy who plays a lot but there's possibility he's more than this. Yeah, but it, it's starting to feel real Jonathan LaCroix-y. Oh, Look at Jonathan LaCroix. He's, he's come roaring back <laughs> he has here. Been. <laughs> it eventually a... happened for him, too. Yeah, I mean, the the slugging percentage last year for Posey was 382. It's 388 right now, with more power, though, because the batting average is way down. But, um, you know, before he went on the IL, Posey actually had been playing pretty well for about three weeks, at least in terms of catchers. So I hope he could bounce back. Next email from Joel Dakin. Will Casey Mize reach the bigs this year? Is Mize at 10 this year and next better than Alex Reyes for six this year and next? I don't know if that's a round or a dollar value. I'm guessing it's a dollar value. Uh, yeah, he says keeper auction league. I think oh, it depends oh. on whether you plan on competing this season. If you do... I think you'd probably have rather have Reyes, who at this point is probably more of a long shot to hit his potential than Mize, but I'm not sure he has less potential than him. Okay. Uh, from Chris, the Chronicles of Paddock. Which struggling baseman should I second baseman should I stash? Travis Shaw or Brian Dozier? <sighs> I would I would say Shaw. Um, but I don't have a lot of confidence in either. Shaw's obviously much younger. I it's I don't I don't know what's wrong with him. Dozier, I think, has probably just gotten too old for this. Um, <laughs> and the fact that Keston Hira hasn't exactly seized the day with Shaw on the IL gives Shaw a chance of reclaiming the role. But Keston Hira has one walk, one walk to nineteen strikeouts for Keston Hira. Yeah, he has not oh, really been that great. That's almost as bad as Travis Shaw. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would rather stash Shaw, I guess. Gosh, they stink. Yeah. Phil from He's Chicago. He's only three years younger than Brian Dozier. That's actually kind of stunning. 
Phil from Chicago, should I accept this trade offer in my Dynasty Points League, 10-team Dynasty Points League? I would give up Reese Hoskins for Jose Ramirez. Mm. <laughs> it's getting close to that being a, a no. Um, I think my most recent trade chart had Jose Ramirez a few spots ahead, but I actually wrote about him in the lead, and I think we're to the point where every week where he doesn't show signs of turning around, I'm, I'm dropping him another 10 spots in the rankings. And uh, that would probably put him behind Hoskins at this point. So I, I think I'd stand pat. For the purposes of the dynasty, it is worth knowing that Ramirez is only six months older than Hoskins. I know there's probably a perception that Ramirez is older, but... Oh, yeah, uh, he's very... He's 26, in, I think. Yeah, in that regard... You know, you're still you're not gaining a lot in terms of potential youth upside for in keeping Hoskins over Ramirez, even though it might appear that way. Yeah, I I think I'd probably stick with Ramirez. Well, you know what? In a points league, I think I might go with Hoskins. He walks so much, but in a roto league, maybe ah, gosh, it's a really tough one. Yeah, you get steals no, that's, from, that's from Jose. Hoskins. Yeah is never going to have a great batting average. Uh, and obviously, he's never going to have the steals. That's the one thing Ramirez has delivered on this year. The yeah. question so comes entirely down to whether we think Jose Ramirez can get back to even 2017. If he can, I think it's pretty easy to go with Ramirez. All right, it's a tough one. This is from Morgan. Is J.D. Davis a player to consider? He seems to have very quietly built up a good season for the Mets. And I'm surprised the push for Oscar Mercado hasn't been more popular. He stole two bags yesterday. High OBP. Finally. Yeah. So you know what? <laughs> this, this actually is a perfect transition into my under-owned hitters? Question mark category. And J.D. Davis leads the way. And Oscar Mercado and Albert Almora. I wouldn't say Davis leads the way. I would actually say Brian Reynolds probably leads the way. He's only 16% owned. And he's hitting 320, 369, 573 for the Pirates. Uh, but, all right, so let me give you guys some names of hitters who are widely available. J.D. Davis, most of his damage was in April. He's been pretty bad in May, although he did homer yesterday. Albert Almora for the Cubs, been really good lately. Uh, homered yesterday, had an 891 OPS in his previous 21 games. Oscar Mercado, he actually, okay, he's been batting, he's batted second two straight games for the Indians. Mercado is hitting 323, 417 on base, 516 slugging. A home run, two steals, his first two steals, uh, two steals, as Scott mentioned, three doubles in 10 games. Brian Reynolds, Renato Nunez, who's been tearing it up for the Orioles. Logan Forsyth having a really good game. He's actually started three straight games since Elvis Andrews' return. And then the 5% owned Harold Ramirez. I know I gave a lot of names there. I'll repeat some of them. But, Chris, why don't you kick it off? Give me If there are any hitters in this list, they're all owned in 32% of leagues or fewer, that you feel like we need to be getting right now, who, who would they be? I would say Mercado and Reynolds probably lead the list. Uh, Reynolds, I don't think I buy anything close to what he's doing so far. I think he's probably a significantly worse hitter. But when you look into the bad at ball metrics, there is some stuff that, that backs up him being at least an above average hitter. And so that's probably worth owning in more than 16% of leagues. And then Mercado, it, it really comes down to the stolen bases. He only has two. Uh, both came in the most recent game, I think. So... If he starts running and he ran a ton in the minors, then he's going to be well worth owning in 32% uh, or more than 32% of CBSSports.com leagues. So those are the two who who stand out for me. Scott, anyone else? Yeah, I think they have the most upside. Um, I have had occasion to use Logan Forsythe in a 15-team Roto League where I had Angleton Simmons as my shortstop. Logan Forsythe is now. Obviously, a shortage of options there. And then Renato, Renato Lopez is probably the one hitter on this list who plays truly every day. Nunez. And, uh, Renato Nunez. Yeah, I don't know what I said. But Renato Nunez. Um, and he's, he's killed it against lefties this year. He was actually in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week because okay. uh, a lot of lefties on the schedule, and obviously he's been hot. You uh, you said Renardo Archer, I think you said. Just you know, it just <laughs> flows from you, Scott. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
no love for a 5% owned Harold Ramirez for those mighty Miami Marlins? I mean, there's a non-zero chance he's the best Marlins hitter. Non-zero chance. That's the word of the day. Woo. All right. Weekend stand. He does, he does play. He, he does play every day. I, I, and he was, I said Nunez was the only one. Ramirez does too. And he's, he was pretty looks good like a PCL, good contact. Or, yeah, PCL this year. But I, it's a very small sample size still. Okay. All right, then. So, I, also with J.D. Davis, I'm not sure how his playing time will be affected if and when Cano and McNeil come back. I feel like he might lose some playing time there. Weekend standouts. So, we go back to Friday, We go back to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the fighting cat sound and look at some standouts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, here's a list of pitchers who were really good over the weekend. Brandon Woodruff, this guy is on fire lately. Ten strikeouts in eight innings with one run against the Phillies. Kyle Gibson, really good start. Nine strikeouts in seven innings of one run ball against the White Sox. Jay Happ struck out ten Royals. Did give up three runs in six innings, but had one of his better starts. Mike Fultonevich, two good starts in a row, one very good. Jake Odorizzi's got a 2.16 ERA right now and more than a strikeout per inning. He's been awesome. Joey Lucchese, Scott and I dropped him in the scam league, and he's had his two first quality starts of the season since then. <laughs> and uh, that's all I got. I got Woodruff, Gibson, Hap, Fultonevich, Odorizzi, and Lucchese. Scott, when you look at that list, who's moving on up? I mean, Woodruff has to be, right? Like, he, he looks like it was kind of a delayed breakout because there wasn't we weren't seeing many signs of this in April, except that he did show the potential to be an efficient pitcher. Um, but now the Brewers are letting him go deeper into games, and partially because he's pitching so well. He has a great fastball. He has several pitches that can get swinging strikes. And I, I think I think his his stock is going way up here. Bryce Harper, who faced him in this game, actually compared him to Matt Harvey when he was first coming up which was meant as high praise. A lot of people on Twitter, when I tweeted that out, had the same joke. Oh, I hope his career doesn't go the same way Harvey's did. But that <laughs> wasn't the point Bryce Harper was trying to make. That was awesome, like, Scott. Come on, have a little perspective, people. Yeah, I agree. No, Woodruff, man. W- Woodruff, I-, I really had a lot of hope for at the beginning of the year. Even when he was not doing so great, he had these starts that were like very close to good starts. You know, The stuff is really good. He throws hard. He just had to put it together, and boy, has he put it together. 17 walks and 75 strikeouts and 64 and a third. Is he number one on this list with Gibson, Jay Happ, Fultonevich, Odorizzi, and Lucchese behind him? Definitely. Yeah, he's clear number one. I I would still put Fultonevich second now that the fastball is picked up and he's starting to get results similar to last year. But there is that question of how legit was last year. It's probably more of a high three ZRA pitcher than... High twos, Fultonevich's. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Woodruff, Woodruff looks like he has high-end, top-20 type potential. So if Fultonevich is two, Chris, do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Who's three? I, I, Hap, probably? Over Gibson, Overeasy, and Lucchese. I just called him Overeasy. He's not eggs. Uh, Gibson, <laughs> Odorizzi, and Lucchese. <laughs> Yeah, Jay Happ, the, the Yankees broadcasters were talking about a mechanical adjustment that he had to make. They didn't say that he mm-hmm. made it. They were saying it was John Flaherty, a former catcher. He's like, I'm looking at Jay Happ. He cannot pitch. He cannot get his fastball inside to right-handed hitters, and that's a big problem, and he, this is exactly what he needs to do. And this is why I like watching games. I like hearing that type of perspective. So maybe it's just a, a mechanical adjustment or something about his front shoulder and, it's you know. Well, it's definitely something tied to pitch selection, and maybe the mechanics are affecting his pitch selection. But his four—he's one of the best. He has one of the best swing and miss four seamers in the game, and for a portion of this year, as has happened at times throughout his career, he shied away from the four seamer in favor of a two seamer. The only way he's a strikeout pitcher is when he leans heavily on that four seamer, and he did in this most recent start. So hopefully, it's a sign of him being on the right track. Um, in terms of who I rank third, though, of this list, I don't have a lot of confidence in Jake Odorizzi, but it's getting to the point now where if you know I'm willing to unstart, if I'm not willing to use him based on that lack of confidence, like I'm just I'm just hurting myself because right. like he was sick 
for this start, and he was sick. You know, like it was his best swinging strike start of the year. Uh, his fastball has been even better than Jay Haps has ever been. I don't know what's the cause of it. I, I do think at the very least, Odorizzi's had good home run luck so far this year. But uh, start after start, he is he is dealing. I think that there are four reasons for it with Odorizzi. Cleveland, the White Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers. Now, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, there, <laughs> there's going to be an easy schedule, for, but he's done it. It hasn't just been beating up on the division. But that's why I'm a little hesitant to say he's a sell high. Like, I do think you look at the numbers for Odorizzi. If, if you can get Noah Syndergaard for Jake Odorizzi, you do it. Trevor Bauer, like, if you can make an obvious sell high. But yeah. it, it's possible yeah, that... No yeah, it, but it's possible that he's just going to have... A, a good year because the AL Central is so so beatable, and he's going to win games. I mean, the Twins are bludgeoning people, um, so that's possible. Okay, how about the bad from over the weekend? How about this? Would would any of these first four guys be behind Jake Odorizzi at this point? Okay, two of them are obvious no's, but I'll say them anyway. Bad starts over the weekend: Carlos Carrasco, Hugh Darvish, Trevor Bauer, and Chris Archer. Obviously, Carrasco and Bauer are going to be ahead of Odorizzi, but would you move Odorizzi ahead of Darvish or Archer? No. I, w- I, I would think Archer. I would. I would move him ahead of both, which is getting odd to calibrate because I was the higher guy on Archer. I guess maybe I'm... Like, it's it's one thing... Like, I halfway expect Odorizzi to plummet in my rankings a month from now, um, but... It's it's a range of rankings where volatility is to be expected anyway, and I'd rather go with the guy who's um, at least giving me something right now. Where are you guys on Darvish? 12 hits, 6 runs, and 7 innings against the Reds. Coming off his best start of the season, probably. His best start of the season wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not starting him right now. No. Um... I'm not opposed to dropping him. It just depends on whether the right guy is there. I don't think Jake Odorizzi uh, would be that guy for me, but I would rather start Odorizzi over Darvish right now. And where are you on the struggling Indians pitchers, Carrasco and Bauer? Man, Bauer said this was the best he's pitched all year. So he has that going for him. Uh, this it was ended a weird up being... Start. It ended up being a pretty decent start. He was, yeah, you know, got all, it was it was poor at the beginning, uh, but he was a run shy of it being a quality start with a low walk rate yeah. and you know more than a strikeout per inning. So, so. I, I'm not sure if they changed the scoring or something, but I've got it as six innings, four runs, three earned runs for Bauer. So I do think he had a quality oh, well that, start. Yeah, that would make it a quality start. And I double checked, yeah. like I, I've. I think it was a quality start for him with one walk, eight strikeouts. And he said, yeah, he'd been fighting his mechanics. He finally felt like himself. So are we encouraged? I, I can't really just take him at his word. <laughs> no, and, and this is, if you watch this start, he was really struggling with the mound. He was having trouble getting his footing. They He had the, the grounds crew come out and work on it a couple times during the start. So... You know, maybe he bounced uh, a couple of curveballs. He threw a curveball like six feet over the batter's head at one point. So that can explain some of it. But the the thing I'm struggling with is he just looks like who he had been before last season. And maybe, uh, look, I believed in him as and in, in him as much as anybody coming into the season, but. You know, maybe last season was the outlier. Maybe he's more of a mid to high three ZRA guy. We have to account for that possibility. Scott, I will say there was a start. It was you know when back when before this rough patch started, he he had a great start. Um, at some point in April, I think it was, and after that game, he said, "I pitched terrible. You know, I, I'm not I'm not feeling great right now." Something along those lines, and then started this awful stretch. So, you know, he's. Like Joey Votto's one of the most cerebral hitters in the game. Trevor Bauer's one of the most cerebral pitchers, and they have a better read on his stuff than, mm. you know, than than a lot of pitchers would. Uh, yeah. that comment coming from him. That's interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting that he basically ditched the changeup in this start and went very heavy on the curveball. Uh, so that's that's another 
change we can point to is maybe him, you know, coming around. And that curveball is his best pit. So, right. yeah, probably not a bad thing. No, and it's interesting because I, I can specifically remember Justin Verlander being someone who would sort of say, I felt good, results weren't there, I'm about to go, go on a hot streak, and he'd be right. So maybe Bauer will also. And just give me your quick thoughts on, on Carlos Carrasco, guys. Scott, you have Carrasco 12th. Heath has him 9th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his his good starts have definitely he's looked like Carlos Carrasco. And his bad starts, he's given up a lot of home runs. And it's hard to say, both for him and Noah Syndergaard, like, is he just somebody who's bearing the brunt of what's looking like a record-setting home run season? Uh, is this going to be a problem for him all year? Or is it just a stretch where he's given up a lot of home runs? And I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. He has given up more fly balls, which is and has a higher home run to fly ball rate. But yeah, that's the thing. He is giving up more balls in the air, but twenty point three percent home run to fly ball rate is still too high. So Carrasco or Barrios? Carrasco. I people are really freaking out about Carrasco, and you've listened to me on this podcast before. You you know that I kind of criticize Carrasco, but I, I definitely I definitely would buy low on Carrasco. I mean, he's been so consistent. Like a 320, 330 ERA every year, ton of strikeouts. Yeah. Pitches a lot of Strikeout innings. and walk rates are still phenomenal this yeah. year. Phenomenal. I, I, I mean, he might have his, a, a bit of a down year, but I still think you get a guy who's must start. And finally, the ugly. Let's just go quickly on this, guys. Uh, anyone here that you think is like really concerning? Yusei Kikuchi, Caleb Smith, Joe Musgrove, Zach Eflin, Domingo Herman. Ugly stuff over the weekend. Kikuchi, Caleb Smith, Musgrove, Eflin, and Domingo Armand. Hey, Eflin regression is inevitable. Musgrove I'm really starting to worry about because he hasn't, you know, since those that, that stretch at the start of the season where he looked dominant, he's not missing bats anymore. And, you know, he's probably in the zone too much because he's starting to get pounded too. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure if there's enough stuff there to uh, to get him back to the level we saw at the start of the season. I'm not ready to drop him, but it's it's getting close to that. Chris, final thought? Uh, there's a chance Kikuchi's just like a high three, low four ERA guy, and that's not the worst thing in the world, but it would be a disappointing outcome, I think, based on preseason expectations, you know, especially as his ADP started to climb uh, later in draft season. I mean, if he's high three, low four ERA with a bad strikeout rate on a bad team, that's not going to be good. Kikuchi, uh, Kikuchi apparently reviewing film to see if he was tipping his pitches. He gave up four runs and ten hits and three and a third at Oakland on Saturday. I started him and Tyler Malley on the same day. Good for me. We'll take one quick break. When we come back, team name Tuesday. I got a very funny Cabin Biggio team name. It is better than Cabin in the Woods, believe it or not. And we'll go over Monday's action, including Jacob deGrom and Clayton Kershaw having kind of meh starts. We'll be right back. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
Happy Team Name Tuesday, everyone. Here we go. Deuce Biggio Male Gavilio. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. It's better. Is than, that the one that was better? Yeah, better than Cabin in the Woods. Than Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. I've, I've come around on Cabin in the Woods. It's a nice visual, just imagining him lost in the woods. <laughs> Nobody better lay a finger on my buttery finger. Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. It's good. Maybe Chris can stop being in denial about how bad Butterfinger is when they say we have an improved recipe. Oh. It means the old recipe sucks. The little, Man. the little. But, but then uh, the, the new recipe is the one that's available now. And it's not a different it. flavor. It's a different texture. They've in, they've made it a little a little less sticky, a well, little more good. crumbly. That's good. Okay. It's so good when it's sticky. Oh god, what, you both are crazy. I've been wanting Butterfinger all weekend. You don't understand. I've had a craving for Butterfinger specifically. I've been digging through my son's Halloween candy, which isn't close to completion yet, and there's no, no Butterfinger. There's no way Butterfinger would be good that long after. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Not even yeah, the new recipe. Those are those are going to be rock hard. Uh, Scott, Scott likes Peeps and Butterfinger. Why do we listen to any of his vice? The little Hyunjin that could. The little Hyunjin that is good. All right. Uh, Canna get a what? What? Canna. Mark Canna. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Straw yep. Merrifields forever. <laughs> straw. Oh, straw. Yep. Yeah, I did like, yeah. Straw Merrifields forever. Well, what about Straw Merrifields forever? Mm, don't push it, Chris. Inglorious Bassets. Okay. Game of Thrones. There's nothing glorious about him. Oh, no, he's been bad. Well, he's in the notes. Uh, Dracar Reese Hoskins. Sure. That's pretty good. Um, On fire. Braun Swanson. Parks and Rec reference there. Yeah, yeah. And then this one. You know that sauce? Worcester sauce, whatever. Worcester? Yeah, but it's like it's, it's got so many syllables. Worcester, yeah. Worcestershire sauce. You put Scherzer's name in there, but it's I, it's just pronounced Worcester. I don't think so. It's got more syllables than Worcester. Yeah, it's I got an extra it's, syllable. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you are. But I, I think that's what it is. All right. So here's uh, the rotation from yesterday and the fringy starting pitchers. We've got five minutes left, guys. Zach Greinke at Colorado. One run in six innings. Cannot believe how good he's been. 0.88 whip, 278 ERA. Uh, not much to say. He's been great. He's great. Yeah. Any can, any like sell high thoughts on Granky? None. Not a one. Yeah, he's got a 2.68 ERA, right? That's probably not. Or 2.78. That's probably well within the range of possibility. Cole Hamill's bad. It's been, uh, I would say, like his previous six starts, 386 ERA, but but really not pitching that well, not getting deep into games, and he got roughed up at Houston, which we can forgive, although they didn't have Springer or Altuve. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. A little worrisome with Cole Hamels, right? His control has gone sideways here past six starts. Um, oh, that's a good pun. Right? I think it's... Right? Yeah, like going sideways, you know, like balls and strikes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. No. I guess that works. Sure. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, I mean, that's such a big part of his game. If he's not <laughs> if he's not keeping runners off base via walk. What the hell, that's, Chris? It's going to be a problem. That was nothing. Well, it was like, nothing his controls all. No. got sideways. Yes, of course that's something. That's good. That's no. perfect. All right. No, it was nothing. So the good rotation was Granky. The bad was Hamels. Then we got a lot of guys who were meh yesterday. MEH. Jacob DeGrom, five innings, two runs, two strikeouts at the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw, six innings, ten hits, three runs, five strikeouts against the Mets. He is basically like six innings, three runs, and a win every time he steps on the mound. Uh, Luis Castillo, five and a third, six hits, three runs, two earned, four walks, four strikeouts. And now up to 32 walks and 69 and two-thirds. Uh, that's Castillo. Rick Porcello was meh. Five runs, three earned, three walks, four strikeouts, and six and two-thirds against Cleveland without Jose Ramirez, which is actually a better lineup. And John Gray was meh. Five and a third, two runs, two strikeouts against Arizona. Who of these meh dudes do you want to talk about? Chris, DeGrom, Kershaw, Castillo, Porcello, and John Gray. I don't think there's a ton to say about this group because on the one hand, you've got DeGrom, Kershaw, and Castillo who have earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to starts like this, maybe Castillo a little less, 
than the other two because of the control so far this season. But, you know, we like him enough that I don't think anybody's panicking over three just kind of mass starts. And then Porcello and Gray are meh. So I don't know what you take out of them being who they are. Like, we're going to continue chasing John Gray, and at some point we're just going to have to give it up. He pitches half his games in course field. Which it's doesn't really matter, though. That's what I wanted to talk about. Home road doesn't matter for John Gray. It, this year he's been better at home. Throughout his career, I think he's better at home. That like It is frustrating, but I don't think Coors Field is to blame. Um, le- yeah, maybe not. But you still do have to account for, even if he... It, maybe it's the opposite of Herman Marquez, but you still do have to account for the fact that Coors Field is going to make his numbers worse at home, even if he does pitch better. So he does have, I mean, he's got a 457 ERA at home and a 469 ERA on the road. He's just kind of mediocre everywhere he pitches. All right, Scott, I'm going to give you the fringy starting pitchers to end the show. we got a minute left here. I apologize for the shortened show, everybody. I really do. Um, rank them for me. Matt Strom, Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray, Michael Pineda, Chris Bassett, Yanni Chirinos. Matt Strom, Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray, Pineda, Bassett, Chirinos. I'll go I'll go Sonny Gray, Matt Strom, Lance Lynn, uh, Yanni Chirinos. Maybe Chirinos ahead of Lynn when you can take advantage of his RP eligibility. And then Pineda, Bassett bringing up the rear. Bassett is last? Wow. Yeah, I mean, he stopped missing bats a few starts ago, and I think it's caught up to him over the last two. I don't see much to like there. All right, all right. That's wild. Uh, he's 73% owned. Uh, Gray and Strom, the best two on this list, 73 and 80% owned. Any love for Jose Arana or Tommy Malone, fellas? We should probably just acknowledge that Jose Arana is going to be like a four ERA guy moving forward rather than high fours or five ERA guy because that's what he's yeah. done since the start of last season and that probably deserves to be owned more in more than 22% of leagues he's not going to keep up anything like the pace he's been on over his last seven starts or so but he's probably more useful than given credit for in you know deeper mixed leagues seven quality starts especially quality eight. start leagues yeah 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 Jose seven his last eight Right, seven quality yep. starts in his last eight, only two wins on the year. So for Arania, wins and quality starts going to be a big difference there. All right, I do apologize for cutting the show short. I do think we got to a lot of stuff, though, and I appreciate that from Scott and from Chris. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed the mailbag yesterday and obviously had a great weekend. You're ready to rock and roll uh, with another big week of fantasy baseball. All right, hopefully uh, on a little bit of a hot streak, okay? Fortune, uh, what, what the hell am I saying right now? I'm just going to end this show. <laughs> I'm just going to end this show. Just wrap it up. We're out of here. Goodbye. The, the absolute worst. We're out of here. Thank you. Oh, terrible. Uh, control. Side going sideways. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you Wednesday.